It is so good to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. Amen. I'm glad that you're here today uh, in Mesa and in Ahwatukee. God is doing amazing things. How awesome was yesterday? So great. Maybe you're living in a social media black hole, but if you are, I want you to still know what's going on. Yesterday, we had our back to school community outreach. We gave out 980 backpacks. We gave out over 147 haircuts. All 300 of you in our church served yesterday. Over 2,000 man hours of service. We gave out over $25,000 worth of school supplies. And come on, listen to this. 347 people raised their hands to accept Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give God praise one more time. That is what we're here for. God is only beginning to do great things through you, and uh, I think it's going to get better, don't you? We're continuing our series, Live Like a King, and if you're new to church, maybe you just started coming in the last couple of weeks, we're studying the life of David, and we're going to pick up in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1. It says, then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, you will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months, and from Jerusalem, he, waited over, he reigned over all Israel uh, and Judah for 33 years. Okay, so we've been talking about David now for eight weeks, and up to this point, we've been looking at how he's uh, suffered and gone through a lot of hard times, but he's also had some victories, and he's done some crazy things, and now, finally, he has been crowned king. He is the king. His moment has come. That's where we're at. And it's a good moment. It's a great day for David. And as I read this passage, I felt like we needed to stop and take a step back. Because if you read carefully uh, what we just saw in this passage, he was waiting quite a while, wasn't he? It says he started to reign when he was 30 years old. And then he waited seven more years until he was able to reign over all of Judah in Israel. And so it was quite a process leading up to this point. And that's why I think we need to stop and pause and reflect. We need to talk today about how to wait like a king. We need to learn how to wait like a king. Nobody wants to wait. I mean, this is not fun, is it? You don't want to hear a sermon about waiting. You want to hear a sermon about the time is now. The victory is upon you. Nobody wants to wait. It's just not fun. Whether you're talking to a teenager about sex or a full-grown man who wants a new motorcycle, if it's worth wanting, it's worth wanting now, probably. But isn't it true that some things are worth waiting for? Some things are better when you wait. And I think that's true for us today. There is a world uh, that we live in, and this world is a place of instant gratification today. It's fun that we get to have what we want, usually pretty quick. Next day, delivery. It wasn't even always this way, and now we've gotten used to it so quickly. Do you guys remember when, on the internet, we were first able to download songs? Who remembers this day? Like, you got on Napster, you started downloading music. Was it stealing? Maybe. Okay, yes, it was. It seemed like magic at the time. How many of you remember this? You'd set some songs to download, you'd go to bed, 
come back in the morning, half of the downloads failed. <laughs> you know what I remember? Remember this? And then maybe some of them worked out. Today, what is it? Half a second and it's streaming right there on your phone. I mean, this is a world of, of quick gratification, instant delivery. We see the things our parents had and it's just human nature. We want them now. And instead of remembering that they had to work 20, 30, 40 years to get the things they have, today it's really easy just to cut to the head of the line and pull out your credit card and say, I'll take it now. It's easy in this world to get what we want when we want it. But the reality is oftentimes it's better, it's more healthy to wait for what God has for us in the right time. In this day and age, the things we want, the things that seem so appealing to us, man, we can we can want to just kind of cut ahead. We can want to jump ahead of God's schedule and seize those moments. We read about in Scripture how God describes the way that we should build wealth according to his word, that, that wealth is built slowly. And it's, it's oftentimes talked about in terms of like agrarian culture farming, like, you know, you plant and you harvest. Think about what it was like to be a farmer all those years if you wanted to save and get ahead. You plant, you harvest, you do it again next year. You get ahead a little bit at a time. If you were a carpenter, you built one table after another. You built another chair and sold it a little bit after a little bit, and you slowly got your way there. Today, the idea of building wealth slowly over decades seems terrible, doesn't it? Like you, all, you oftentimes you think, if I would have just bought a thousand shares of Bitcoin five years ago, I'd be a millionaire right now. I mean, it's just easy. We want to we wanna be rich now. And I think as we go through life, we're going to be in seasons of waiting at different times. What are you waiting for right now? Is there something in your life that you feel like, man, if only I could just get there at the top of the mountain. I want that thing. I'm waiting for something. What are you waiting for? Maybe you're waiting for someone to recognize your potential. Maybe you're waiting for someone to thank you for all that you've done for them. Maybe you're waiting for the right person to come into your life. Single people, where you at? I'm giving you a chance. Now look around. Who's clapping? <laughs> Maybe you're just waiting for the right opportunity so that you can get a chance to get ahead, right? In our society, the thinking is that the rich and the powerful don't have to wait. They have the money and the power to get what they want now. But what you'll learn in Scripture, in the kingdom of God, even royalty must wait. And we are royalty, that means that we are not exempt from waiting. Look at the life of King David. It said in verse four that David was 30 years old when he began to reign. Over two decades after he was anointed as king, this teenage boy had to wait two decades. That's over 7,000 nights. He laid his head down on the pillow and asked, God, is your promise still true? Like, can I trust you to come through for me? Because I've been going through some stuff. He waited. He waited. Think about Jesus, the son of God, it says in Luke 3, 23, Jesus was about 30 years old when his public ministry began. Have you stopped to ever think about that? He was 30 years old, 30. In that day and age, you only lived to be 45. Jesus, the son of God, had to wait till he was 30 to start his public ministry. Do you think 21-year-old Jesus had some things to say? What 21-year-old doesn't have something to say, right? I bet you 27-year-old Jesus was revving to go, but he waited until God's appointed time. God is a patient God. It says in Exodus 34, verse 6, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and can be trusted. Aren't you grateful for God's mercy? How many of you know I needed God's mercy? I'm glad that God was patient because if he wasn't, he would have zapped me a long time ago. 
I deserve punishment, but he was a patient and merciful God who shows great love. And what you see throughout scripture is the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They exhibit patience. Uh, The Father is patient. Jesus is patient. Have you stopped to think about this? Right now, Jesus, the risen King of Kings, is in heaven, and he is waiting to return and establish his kingdom on this earth. Do you think he would want to do that right now? I think he does, but he is waiting for the Father's appointed time until the time is right. The Holy Spirit is patient. We know this because he produces this kind of fruit in our lives, the fruit of patience. It's the fruit which takes the longest to grow. I don't know any immature, patient people. The fruit of patience takes the longest to enjoy. When you're in the middle of it, you're like, I don't even want any of this. I want what I want now. But patience gives glory to God. When we are patient and when we learn how to wait well, we are reflecting God's nature through our lives. So be encouraged by that. The ability to wait makes you look more like Jesus. And that's a good thing. Maybe you're in a season of waiting, but I want you to know this. It does not mean your life is on pause. It doesn't mean you're a loser. You need to understand this truth. You can win while you wait. Take note of this. Many people, they take on a defeated mindset while they're waiting. They think, until I become the person I want to be, until I get the thing that I need, well, I'm incomplete I feel like a loser because I'm single. I feel like a loser because I haven't had a child. I feel like a loser because I haven't bought my own home. I feel like a loser because I haven't got my own business. Why do we think this way? In reality, you can win while you wait. Sometimes we get so focused on what we're waiting for, we forget that we should be winning. Winning right now. David waited a long time, didn't he? Decades. Many, many, many years went by, and yet he didn't waste that time. He was a winner. He won. He just kept going. He just kept winning. Every opportunity God gave him, he won. He slayed a giant off to a good start. He got an internship with a king in the palace. That seems amazing. He married a princess. This is real life. Then he went out, did not collect just 100, but 200 foreskins. That's an accomplishment. He defeated enemy armies. He tricked a foreign king into giving him his own city. He amassed a fortune. I mean, this guy, all I do is win, right? He, people were singing songs about how all he does is win. I mean, that's amazing. He was a winner. I think about Joseph. We read about in Genesis. Joseph was the youngest brother of Jesse, sold into slavery by his brothers. Talk about family drama, anyone? You thought your family was messed up. He gets sold into slavery. He goes to Potiphar's house, and he is the best slave at the house. Not something most people would be proud of. But Joseph worked hard, and he was elevated through the ranks, and he ended up becoming in charge of Potiphar's whole household. He won where he was at. Then he was falsely accused and thrown into prison. Most people would say, why do I even try? Why am I even going through this? Why do I keep doing my best when I don't get thanked? But Joseph became the best prisoner in the prison. And so he was elevated and his position of influence grew and he became the lead prisoner of the prison. They put him in charge. The guards did. And they're like, okay, you be in charge because everything you do is amazing. Like we can learn from this. Where are you at? What are you waiting for? You can win while you wait. It's going to take a while. It might take a while until you see your dream become reality. It's not going to happen overnight. 
Isn't that true? Like, good things just don't come overnight usually. It usually takes a little while, so we gotta win where we're at. You gotta bloom where God has planted you today. You might be waiting a long time to see that dream become reality. And if you think you're not winning until your dream comes true, you might spend a long time feeling like a loser. And that's not who God has called you to be. That's not what he has made you. What is your big dream? What's the thing in your heart that you're waiting for? What is the thing you're longing for? Maybe in your heart you want to be a recording artist. Right now you're just a sandwich artist. Subway, holler. Maybe you want to write a book and right now you're just writing down people's orders. Right? Like what is it? Maybe you want to start a ministry and right now your only ministry is the ministry of waste removal. That's all right. Don't think that that doesn't matter. It says in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He loves it. He loves seeing you get started, right? It's easy to think that these small beginnings are delaying our success when in reality, I think God is establishing the foundation for our success. These small beginnings, they matter. I don't know about you, but I like working with people who've done the dirty jobs. When it comes time to hire people to help me on, on our church's staff, I want people who started at the bottom. I like people who started at the bottom and now they're here. They mopped the floors. They took out the trash. They took kids to camp. They smelled kids at camp, right? You don't know what ministry is, so you plunge the toilet and change the diaper. Those people, see that time, those, those tasks, they develop in our hearts gratitude. It teaches us what really matters. You're not ready to lead until you learn how to serve. You're not allowed uh, to get this opportunity to stand on a stage until you learn how to get down on your knees and scrub the floor. I'm grateful for the times God let me pull weeds out in the gravel parking lot over there. He was teaching me some lessons. He was teaching me, Ryan, you don't matter, but I'm gonna use you anyway. <laughs> It's so, I'm so thankful for those lessons. We can wait like a king. We can win while we wait. And so what we got to do, like Joseph, is give our all now wherever we're at. Give your best now. It's human nature. It's tempting to think, well, someday when I get my opportunity, man, I can't wait. I'm going to come through. I'm going to give it my best shot. Once I get a chance to bat at the bottom of the ninth with two outs and the bases loaded at game seven of the World Series, then I'll give it my best effort. It's not how it wins or how it works, is it? Right? We often have to make the most and be faithful with small opportunities before God will trust us with great opportunities. You don't get the chance to win playoff games unless you win a lot of regular season games. Amen. We have to win slowly and incrementally, and what we'll do, what we'll find is that we we all of a sudden like we're winning in bigger and bigger ways. So be faithful where you're at. In Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. If you go to work tomorrow and think about it like you're working for your boss, if you think about it like you're working for your stockholders, it's not gonna cause you to wanna give it your all, is it? I don't wanna give it my all in sacrifice so that the stock price of the company I work for can go up a half a percent. But if you think about it, like I'm working for the Lord Jesus Christ, well, that changes things, doesn't it? Why do I care about working hard for my boss? He doesn't even see everything I do, let alone appreciate it. But God sees everything. Jesus takes note of everything you do for him. Like yesterday, I was walking around in the parking lots while this outreach was going on and people were out there like, whew, storing up treasure in heaven today. And I think they were wondering if they were going to go to heaven today because it was 135 degrees outside. 
But it's true. When you labor, when you work hard, when you give your all, God sees that. He takes note of that. And there will be a time of reward. So wherever you're at, be the best you can be. Do the best you can do. Be the best waiter at your restaurant. Be the best lawyer at your practice. The best teacher at your school. The best nurse at your hospital. Whatever it is. The best homeschool mom in your co-op. The best sandwich artist Subway ever saw. Be the best. Win where you're at. It's for Jesus, not someday, not later. Win while you wait today. Here's the next point. I want you to take note of this. Don't faint while you wait. Don't faint while you wait. Waiting's not for the faint of heart, is it? It's hard. And so it's tempting to settle along the way. It's tempting to give up. It's hard to wait sometimes. It's tempting to find comfort through sinful things that actually hurt us. That's why a lot of us get ourselves into trouble because we're waiting for God and we, we give up too soon. And, and through David's example, we saw someone who went through a lot. He went through hardship. Right? He did have to face a giant before he slayed a giant. The king really treated him poorly and took his wife back. People betrayed him and tried to kill him. He was chased all over the wilderness. He starved at times. And it really wasn't fun for him. And I think that oftentimes... We can buy into the lie that if we're doing the right thing and if we're in God's will, that life should be easy. So we're almost surprised sometimes when life gets hard. Am I the only one? Because <laughs> there's even some bad teaching, bad theology at some churches that says, if you're doing the right thing, nothing bad will happen to you. And if there's a problem in your life, it's probably because you did something. If that was true, we should really worry about Jesus, right? Because he was as good as it gets. And yet angry mobs tried to kill him and throw him off a cliff. He had to starve in the wilderness and face temptation. People tried to plot to kill him. And they mocked him and scoffed him. Jesus faced hardship. So why should we think that we're greater than our master? We're going to face hardship. Don't give up. Don't be surprised when you go through hard times. There will be some people who challenged you along the way. Think about what Jesus went through, right? The ruling class, the leaders, they wanted to kill him. It wasn't always easy for him. He had to teach a bunch of dorky teenagers how to be leaders of his church. Don't you think that was frustrating? He was probably like, God, why? It's like, me, why? I don't know. It wasn't always easy. There might be some people in your life who plot against you and treat you unfairly right? Like Joseph, you might have a boss someday who does not appreciate you, who does not reward you, who doesn't promote you like you deserve. But trust that in those moments, God is good and he will be faithful to you. It says this in Psalm 37, written by our boy David, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. It's so tempting to look at evil people who are having fun and think, why am I doing it God's way when I could be doing it the easy way? Don't worry about wicked people who are out to get you. This passage says God is going to act on your behalf, so wait patiently for him. Evil people will not prosper. You can trust God. You don't have to worry about them, so keep going. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8 says, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Finishing is better than than starting. It's easy to start something, not so easy to finish well, right? It's easy to start a diet. Staying on that diet 
better luck next time. It's easy to start a new job, right? It's easy, but it's not easy to finish well. And I think this is really interesting. That passage says patience is better than pride. Patience is better than pride. When I first read that, I was like, man, how do these two things really go together? Well, I think it's hard to be patient when you're prideful. It's hard to be patient when you're prideful because you think, I'm too awesome. I shouldn't be having to deal with this. I shouldn't be having to wait this long. This shouldn't be so hard for me because I'm awesome. I shouldn't have to go through this type of thing. I should have to start from the bottom. I should be in the big leagues by now. Patience is better than pride. So don't quit. Don't give up. Finishing is better than starting. In our world today, we can be so afraid of hardship and averse to hardship. Previous generations, they faced constant wars and famines and death. Today, the benefit of living in America is that we're safe and we're secure and we don't go to bed hungry. And so we can oftentimes forget what hardship is really like. And when things are hard, it's easy to just kind of run away from that. I think previous generations, uh, maybe they understood a little bit more fully what that looks like. But my generation, oftentimes, it's like, if it's hard, I'm out. It must not be for me. Don't be surprised when hardship comes your way. There are going to be storms in life. Don't quit. Romans 8, 25 says, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently, patiently and confidently, patiently and confidently. Confidence. We should have confidence while we wait. Confidence that God's promises are yes and amen. Confidence that there's still true promises for us today. Confidence that no matter what storms come, when the winds blow, the waves crash, Jesus is in my boat. I can count on him. He will make a way. I know he's going to come through. The disciples faced storms and they knew Jesus was with them. They might have gone through moments of feeling afraid. You might go through moments of feeling afraid. You're just human, but know that Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. God the Father is so good and he loves you. You can wait patiently with confidence. If you feel tired, you get worn out, the solution is keep waiting. This is what it says in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. When you're tired, the solution is to wait on the Lord, to trust him. It says God will lift you up on wings as eagles. When you try to make a way in your own strength, you're going to find yourself flapping around like a chicken. Better to wait on the Lord and let him lift you up on wings of eagles. Amen. I believe this, that if God made the promise, he will provide the strength to wait for the promise. So don't faint while you wait. Now, let me give you a couple of warnings here. A couple of warnings. I want to address a couple of misconceptions and problems that might pop up in some of our hearts. Don't say you're waiting if you're really disobeying. When you know what God has said, when you know he has laid out his righteous plan for your life, and then you intentionally put off obeying his guidelines and plans, you're not waiting, you're disobeying. Like, man, if you're living with your boyfriend, sleeping with him, you're waiting to get married, you're actually disobeying God's best for your life, right? One time I talked to a a lady and, and she was like, I know I'm supposed to tithe, but I'm waiting till I pay my house off like 20 years from now? No, 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 you're not waiting. You're disobeying. And it's only robbing you of God's blessings in your life. Think about this. In Psalm 119, David wrote this. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. 
I wonder when David was a young boy if he said to himself, I'll stop sleeping with Bathsheba next week. You know God has clearly laid out, hey, you need to kick that addiction. You need to forgive that person, right? You need to do it my way. Forgive, get married, put God first in your finance. If you're not, you're just robbing yourself of my blessings that I want to give you, right? My mom used to say when I was growing up, listen and obey and don't delay. It's like so, so corny. My mom, my sweet mom from small town Missouri, that was as close as she ever got to rapping. <laughs> listen and obey and don't delay. But it's true. It's good. And that brings up my next point. Don't say you're waiting if you're really just delaying. I wish I had a dollar every time I talk to a young person who's been dating their spouse now. Uh, you know, maybe they, they were dating for years and years and years. And like, why didn't you get married sooner? Well, you know, I was kind of afraid. I was kind of nervous about committing. I'll talk to young people and it's like, well, when are you going to get married? Well, I'm just waiting till it feels right. It's like, are you or are you scared? Are you scared to commit? Don't, don't delay. I think more Christians struggle with delaying than disobeying. Because disobeying, that's kind of like obviously wrong. We know we shouldn't do certain things. And eventually, you know, the Holy Spirit helps you to see that. But delaying is a lot easier. You can trick yourself into think, I'm waiting for the right time. And you're really just delaying doing the right thing. More Christians struggle with this, right? Like they, they know, man, I need to be a part of a church family rather than just watching at the church assembly. I know I need to start serving on a team. I know I need to join a life group, right? I, I know I need to put God first in my finances, but I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the right time. I'm waiting till soccer practice is over. I'm waiting till the kids get done with school. I'm waiting till school starts. I'm waiting till after vacation. I'm waiting till the stars magically align in the skies. And then it will be the right time. Don't delay. Don't delay. Do the right thing now. That's not waiting. That's delaying. In Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. In other words, hearing the word of God is good. It's a blessing to hear the word of God, but it's even better, infinitely better to put it into practice in your life. It doesn't help you to know where water is if you won't go drink the water, right? Like you hear the word of God, you hear what's true. And a lot of times we file that away in the back of our minds as Christians, like, hmm, that sounds good. I need to do that someday. We're only robbing ourselves from blessings, the blessings that Jesus wants us to have. We're sitting around, we're praying, God, I need you to make a way. And he's saying, I need you to follow my ways. We're saying, God, I need you to move. And he's like, I need you to move up out of your seat. We're saying, God, do what only you can do. And he's like, do something. Yes. Don't say you need a miracle when really you need to do what God's already told you to do. I believe that if you've struggled with this, that your season of disobeying or delaying is coming to an end. And today you're going to leave Team Delay. You're going to join Team Obey. And I guarantee that you will experience God's blessings in your life. I feel some of you right now, it's rising up inside of you. You're like, there's some things I've been disobeying. There's some things I've been delaying. I know I need to do. I'm not going to put it off anymore. I'm going to stop saying later. I'm going to do it today. Start now. Don't wait. And I want to conclude with this. Waiting is not always easy, but it is always worth it. Let's be honest. It's not easy. And we want to hear, man, you don't have to wait any longer. The day is today. 
Your order has arrived. That's my favorite thing at the restaurant when I order food and it comes to the table. Before that happens, I'm hangry and I have to struggle to act like a Christian. Instead, God says, it's going to be a while. Buckle up and hold on. Waiting is not always easy, but it is worth it. In James 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. I love that this draws our mind to farming. The farmer waits patiently for the land to yield its crop. Now, this day and age, we can pump hormones and grow things into those plants, and they'll grow a little quicker, but it still takes some time. You plant those seeds, and you got to wait, and you're sitting around like, man, have you ever watched crops grow? It takes a while. And that's what it's like when we're waiting for God's promises to become reality in our life. Sometimes it's going to feel like it's just taken forever. But we're encouraged. Be patient. Be patient. Wait for God's valuable crop to grow. It's a valuable crop. Whatever you're waiting for, it's going to be worth it. Don't settle for a cheap substitute today when God wants to give you a valuable crop at the right time. The corners that we cut today often will cause that, that foundation to crumble later. Right? We, we don't want to settle for something that's just good when God wants to give us something that's great. Wait for the Lord. And here's what it says in Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. At the right time, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing. It's going to be blessing overwhelming your life. You're going to be drowning in blessing if you don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. All of the best blessings in the word of God came after a season of waiting. Good things just don't come overnight. It takes time. Adam, he went through a season of being a bachelor before God brought him a helpmate. Right? Abraham and Sarah, they waited 25 years for Isaac to be born as God promised. The Hebrews, they waited in slavery in Egypt for 400 years until God gave them freedom. And then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 more years. But it was worth it when they came into the promised land. The Jewish people, they waited thousands of years for their Messiah to come. And then I think about Simeon, the prophet who worked in the temple, and he waited his whole life to see the Messiah as God promised. But don't you think when he put his eyes on baby Jesus, he was like, this was so worth it. So worth the wait. So worth the wait. It's going to be worth it. Whatever you're waiting for, God, he knows and he cares. Maybe you're not waiting today, but a season of waiting is coming. Amen. And you need to be reminded today. You need to solidify this truth in your mind and in your heart. I will wait upon the Lord. I will trust his promises. I will not give up. Maybe it's going to take a while, but it's going to be worth it. God will give me strength to keep on going. I'm not going to faint. I will not grow weary. He will lift me up on eagle's wings. I'm going to win wherever I'm at today. I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. I'm going to be the best I can be with what God has given me today. Let's stand to our feet at this time. I believe God wanted to encourage you today. It's easy to run. It's easy to give up. It takes courage and strength to put down roots and wait on God. Amen. But he will give you that courage. He will give you that strength. I want to pray for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I pray that every person here would have the trust in their hearts to wait for you, God, that we would believe that you're good, that we would know your promises are true. God, thank you for encouraging us with this message. God, that you're good, that even though it might take a while, 
it's going to be worth it. Your promises are worth waiting for, Jesus. Maybe you are here today and you heard me talking about how God is waiting for the time that Jesus will come back. And the Bible tells us that God is not slow about keeping his promise, but he is waiting patiently so that no one will perish. He wants everyone to have the opportunity to be saved. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. So that here we are in 2018, we would be some of those people who would have the opportunity to hear the good news and place our faith in Jesus. And so maybe you came to church today with someone, uh, maybe for the first time or for the first time in a long time, and maybe you've been running from God, but you know in your heart right now, I need to surrender to God. I need to ask him for forgiveness and I want to be saved. If that's you, this is your opportunity today. Don't delay any longer. Don't put it off. Don't leave this place. You don't know how many hours of life you have left. You don't know when Jesus is going to return until that happens. This is your opportunity right now. So if that's you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can be saved today. You can know that you're right with God and that you're forgiven. Pray this prayer with me. Just express this from what's in your heart. Say, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And I believe that he rose again so that I could have eternal life. I'm going to follow you from this day forward. I'm not waiting any longer. I love you. Thank you for loving me in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer like many people have in Ahwatukee and in Mesa today, we want to celebrate with you. We love to celebrate here at this church. So if you just prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus and asked him to forgive you, on the count of three, get ready to shoot your hand up so we can cheer for you. One, God loves you. Don't be afraid. Two, welcome to the family. Three, just shoot your hand up so we can cheer. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That's so good. Come on, why don't we give God praise today? Before we leave this place, we know the victory is coming. No matter what we're facing, God is on our side. Come on. <laughs>